as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode, if I'm counting right, which I don't usually, 97. 97. Three more episodes, and we hit that big hundo. So thank you very much uh, to those who have been watching or listening for a very long time. I very, very, very much appreciate it. Uh, it's super cool to think that we're only a couple episodes uh, out from 100. Uh, when I first started this, I, I, I just did it because I like talking, apparently kind of to myself because, you know, I do it here in this room. Uh, but to a lot of people out there, this I just I just think it's cool. I just think it's cool that uh, that so many people uh, enjoy uh, either laughing or getting angry at me. Either way, I don't care. Uh, enjoy the show each and every week. So thank you again uh, for listening, and a special thank you um, to our wonderful, glorious but notorious patrons: uh, Blade X Life, Jack Bull. Skamelt666, Lane, and Regis Stella. Thank you very much for continuing to support me financially uh, from the podcast to my Twitch streams. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. If you would like to get involved and support the show and my content, you can go over to patreon.com slash Davram TV, uh, and you can see all the different tiers available starting at $1 a month and the different swag perks that you can get uh, for those. Um, I'm trying to think if I want to, I've got my notes here and I'm trying to decide if I want to start with the news. Um, no, we're not going to start with the news. We'll get to the news in a minute. I'm going to start with, uh, thank you everyone who stopped by, uh, this past weekend. I know pirate talk radio is coming out a little late this week. I am making a commitment that we're going to get back on the normal schedule, uh, for Patreon releases on Wednesday, Thursday, uh, everyone releases on Saturday. That's what I'm trying to get back to. It's just work just hit me hard in January. Like I thought the end of the year, uh, was one thing. And then real life work hit me in January harder than I expected. Uh, and because of that, I, uh, I, I just, I have not been able to get back on that schedule, but that is the goal. Uh, that is the goal to get back to that schedule. So, uh, hold me to it as we move into February, uh, hold me to that. Um, so, my birthday weekend was this last weekend, and I want to thank everyone for uh, anyone who came by and said hello or dropped a sub or gifted a sub. Uh, all that money goes to charity, so I appreciate that very, very much. Um, I, I don't keep any of the revenue that I get on Twitch. Um, I, I haven't for quite some time. I've, I, I prefer to, to give it to charity and, unless I become a, a full-time content creator, and then, and then it's a different story because that would be how I pay for my living. But until then, um, it's all going to charity, uh, anything that goes through the Twitch, uh, platform. Um, but it was my birthday weekend and, and I, 
I sat back and I thought, what do I want to do for my birthday? Um, you know, I don't usually celebrate my birthday in the typical sense with a birthday cake or, you know, being with family or anything. I, I live alone and, and, you know, I have four cats, right? They're, they're, they don't give a shit if it's my birthday or if it's a random Wednesday in July, they do not care. Um, you know, they're, they're the same. <laughs> um, they, 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 they just, they want me to feed them, give them water and make sure their shit box is clean. That's all they care about. Right. They don't care that it's my birthday. Um, but uh, I, I don't usually go out um, at all. I don't have my birthday uh, on any Facebook or, or social media or anything. So uh, either people have asked me when my birthday is or or something like that um, is how people know when my birthday is. And that's absolutely fine with me. I know some people back in the day, you know, they would get upset that I didn't say when my birthday was and they would be like, hey, you man, fat man, why don't you tell, why don't you have your birthday posted? Because here's the thing. If I know you and I have communication with you on a frequent basis, you're going to know when my birthday is. If you're just some random schmo that I talk to once a year, I don't want you to wish me a happy birthday. I, I, I just don't. I don't. It's just how I am. I don't. I, my close friends and family... Th- those folks, yes, absolutely. When I do stream stuff, absolutely, you know, those because I'm telling you when the birthday is. But, you know, the folks on the Facebook and stuff like that, I'm getting distracted here on the topics at hand. But the people on the Facebook and stuff, you know, whatever. They can go away. Um, But thank you, everyone, who stopped by for, for the birthday celebration. I think I streamed over the course of three days. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I did like 12 hours on a Saturday. I did 12 hours or no, uh, eight, 10 hours on a Sunday. And like, Oh, what was Friday was six hours. It was like 26 hours of streaming, which I hadn't done for a while. So it was a lot of fun. Um, obviously I am going to get back on my normal streaming schedule because, uh, I need to have that type of consistency. I need to make sure I'm, I'm able to get the adulting stuff done, but it was nice to take one week off and spend it with you guys, uh, in the community playing video games. Um, the other thing that's happened since the last episode is, um, I did a convention. I did a convention I do usually every year for the charity, uh, Ohio con, uh, it's a, uh, or it's O H a Y O con. It is in Columbus, Ohio, and it's an anime convention. Um, we always do uh, a charity booth there and, you know, uh, people, people come up to me that, that are there that also play sea of thieves and know they know that I will be there. So they like to come up and, and say hello. Um, but it was really interesting. And this is the, this is the story that I, I, I tweeted about, I teased about on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, I had a group of, I think it was, uh, one, one, two, two young ladies, uh, and, and a guy, I, I don't know if it was one of their significant others or whatever. They came up to me and they noticed my, my, uh, I have my laptop up, uh, working on the, the charity stuff. And, um, they, they noticed the pirate talk radio sticker on my laptop and they said, Hey, uh, is that have anything to do with sea of thieves? And I said, yeah, I, I do a sea of thieves podcast. And they said, Oh, uh, do you play a lot? And I'm like, well, I've almost got a hundred, hundred days of playtime in this game. So yeah, I would say that I uh, play a lot. Uh, and, and they, they said, well, one of the girls was like, well, I just installed it. I haven't got to play it yet, but it looks really interesting to me. 
I just don't want to get stuck in playing another Minecraft game where all you're doing is walking around, you know, digging up chests or, or in Minecraft, you know, placing blocks or whatever. I don't want to get into another one of those type of games. I want something that has like a compelling story, something that's that's interesting. I don't you know, and they said, I know there's PVP and I know there's, you know, digging up chests and killing skeletons and like that kind of stuff. But like, I don't want to play an adventure style, like Minecraft game where you're just sailing around, digging up chests and that's it. And I said, well, you all know there's a story to see if thieves, right? There's like lore, deep lore and a story. And at this moment, one of the, one of my friends who I've been working this charity with for 10 years now, walks over and he says, Sea of Thieves does not have a story. I said, yeah, Sea of Thieves has a very like intense, long story that's being added to now every couple weeks. And he said, I played that game uh, during the first couple months of it launch. There is no story whatsoever. It's sailing around, fighting other pirates, digging up chests and killing skeletons. That's all it is. That's it. That's why I stopped playing. He's like, it's boring. There's nothing to do. And I said, there's, there, there is so much story. Like that is the problem with this game is there's so much story and there's, there's, and the, the, the non-story stuff breaks all the time, like shooting and stuff. It breaks, but there's so much story, like so much. And my friend paused for a second and the, the, of course the group are, are now getting super excited to play Sea of Thieves for the first time because they're like, Oh, this sounds good. A pirate game with story stuff and PvP. They're like they're like totally ready to install it now, right? And then the the two friends that have it are the three friends that have it. The one the one chick has already installed it. She wants to play, but she wants her friends to play too. And like they're super excited now. And my buddy's like, "Look, I go to E3 every year. I go to all the major conventions that are the big gaming conventions where Xbox is there and all that in the United States." Every year, because he works for a charity that that does those events. He said, I have seen every single Sea of Thieves presentation at those events. And I have not one time, one time seen anything that says that there is story in Sea of Thieves. And at this point. Me, the person who yells at Rare all the time, who gets on their ass, all of a sudden found his Captain America shield and was like, oh no, that no. Rare is really good about telling you that there is story in their game. And then I realized I was wrong. And I thought back. A person who's never played Sea of Thieves before is not going to be following Sea of Thieves on Twitter. A person who has never played Sea of Thieves before is not going to be following Sea of Thieves on YouTube or Twitch or Instagram or TikTok or whatever. They're not going to. And then I thought back. And I went back in time and I thought about all of the game, the big game conventions that that 
I have watched to get the Sea of Thieves scoop. I've not been to them, but to watch and get the Sea of Thieves scoop. I watched them. I I looked at them. I went back. And my friend's right. My friend is absolutely 100% correct. Aside from a pirate's life, which we're, you know, almost almost two years removed from that. Aside from a pirate's life, name me a major event Sea of Thieves presentation which tells new players that there is a story involved. Let's take Captaincy, for example. If you are listening to this, you obviously play Sea of Thieves. And you obviously understood, especially if you've played for a long time, how much captaincy was wanted by the community. In fact, many of you probably really wanted captaincy. And as someone who's played Sea of Thieves for a long time and watching the captaincy presentation, that was 100% fan service. The singing, the dancing, the goofiness, the 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 rhymes and everything, that was 100% directed at the current player base of Sea of Thieves as fan service. If you are someone, and this this happened a lot because I talked about it at the time. This happened a lot with people who were either at the event and never played Sea of Thieves before or who were watching this and then tweeting about it. A lot of people were like, what the hell is this? Like, I don't know anything about what they're talking about. There was nothing in that video that said, hey, Sea of Thieves has a story. The idea of captaincy is for you to chrono- uh, like cro- uh, write down your story in a book on your ship. It's a captain's log of you writing down your story and customizing your ship. No, it was nothing about story. It was a song and dance. I loved it. All the people in the community loved it. But everyone outside of the community, that meant nothing to them and did not at all get them excited to play Sea of Thieves. It brought some players back, some, but it didn't get them excited to play Sea of Thieves. And so I started to think more and more about this, and I realized that unless you are already part of Sea of Thieves community, watching their videos regularly, consuming their content regularly, You have no clue that Sea of Thieves is more than just sailing around, digging up chests, killing skeletons, and PvP. You might not even know that there's PvP in there. But unless you're following their socials, you have no idea. Because they do not, they do not at all in any way say, hey, this story has an exciting, comprehensive, And constantly evolving story that you get now new stuff each and every month, basically. You get new story bits. It's constantly evolving. It's like Destiny 2, only better when it comes to story. Right? Destiny 2, when they release a season, you get a little chunk of the story and then you finish the week. And then the next week you get the next little chunk. And that goes on for like four or five weeks. And then the story is done until the last two weeks of the season. And then you get the last little push of the story going into the new expansion. Or going into the next season. 
With Sea of Thieves, it's every couple weeks you get these long extended adventures. But what we have to keep in mind is before that, there are nine, ten, eleven tall tales of the original series plus Heart of Fire and Seabound Soul. And you also have a pirate's life. To my friend who's been at these events, now, I disagree with this wholeheartedly, and I told him he's an idiot if he thought it. I'm like, you're an idiot for thinking this way. He literally said when he saw the trailer for Jack Sparrow and Disney coming to Sea of Thieves, he's like, I'm like, you didn't get story out of that? You didn't get that there's some sort of storyline there with Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones? You didn't get that out of that? He's like, no. Like, I'm like, what, what do you like that one? I, I, I'm like, I, I have to stop you there. I'm like that one specifically did basically say there was story. Now there wasn't any freaking neon billboard that says, Hey, we have a storyline that you should check out. No, there isn't that, but any half wit with a brain. And yes, I do talk to my friends this way. I'm like any half wit with a brain can see they're like, Help Captain Jack Sparrow in his quest to blah, 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 blah. Like, if you didn't know, if you couldn't, like, put together the Lego pieces, like the big kindergarten Lego blocks where you have four blocks and you have to make, like, you know, a tower. If you couldn't make the tower, that's a you problem. That's not a Sea of Thieves problem. But if you look at all their other things, I have to agree with them. And I have to agree with my friend that they do not emphasize the story, the great story of this game. They have novel written graphic comics written hell we may see in the future a movie or tv shows now that we've got these renditions of like arcane and the last of Us series and things like that with video games coming into the the big screen we could see some of that someday i don't know but at the end of the day they do not do a good job of showing players who aren't playing right now hey guess what guess what we have a really cool story with some really cool characters. Some of them are kind of lame, but really cool characters. If you've never played the storyline, if you've never played the 11 Tall Tales or A Pirate Life, there is a lot of character development in there that you're going to absolutely love. 100%. 100% will absolutely love. Now, for a player like me who's done all the all the Tall Tales, you know, five times, the Heart of Fire and Seabound Thal three times, has done Pirate's Life twice, at least twice, if not three times, for us, those characters have gotten stale, especially with the development. But for a new player, for a new player, there's a lot of like exciting story to do there. A lot of it. A lot of it. So that was so I, I encourage these players to try it out. I I you know I gave them the spiel of hey, look, play the story, have fun. I said, be prepared. It's a PvP game. Like it, it, it there's only so much avoiding of PvP you can do. Eventually, you have to fight. So just go into it knowing that there you're going to have to fight other players and go into it knowing that you're going to fight players who are better than you because they've played it for a lot longer. Just understand that. Just understand that. Don't get mad. Don't get upset. Learn from your mistakes and get better. I said, but, but it's not like any other PvP game you've ever played, so just be prepared. Just, just be prepared. But I said, go into it, play through the nine, the nine tall tales, play through Heart of Fire, Seabound Soul, then, and only then, go to the Disney realm and play through, um, and, and play through the, um, the, 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 the Pirate's Life. 
Because at the end of the day, if you're playing through, and, and a lot of players did this because, you know, Sea of Thieves obviously with Jack Sparrow gained a lot of players during that time. And how they've organized it inside of the game itself. The problem now becomes players play through a pirate's life and then they play through the the original nine tall tales and doing so, in my opinion, really confuses you. I I know before the game kind of got in a rough state where I'm not streaming it right now, except for for um, the the Saturday two two podcast, one boat. Um, Zorvi and I were playing every Monday with uh, sales and tales. And it was fascinating to me because they did a pirate's life. And then now they have started playing through the tall tales with me. And they're starting to piece together bits that they did not understand from the tall tales. Because again, you're being introduced to players, to characters in the tall tales of a pirate's life that you already knew and knew a little bit about if you played through the original nine uh, tall tales. So it was a very fascinating weekend talking to some new folks who were interested in getting into to Sea of Thieves and talking to someone who has been to every major game convention where Sea of Thieves has had a presentation, uh, you know, since this game launched. And the, the, the interesting thing to me was that none of them knew that Sea of Thieves had any sort of story whatsoever. Hearing it as described as the pirate Minecraft blew my mind. I, I honestly was speechless. And as, as, a, as an existing player, it's hard for me to, to see it that way. But it's true. It's very true. And now as we're going to talk about the newest adventure... And not having, was there a, a a cinematic trailer for this adventure? Yes, there was. But it didn't come out until the adventure came out. And I, I love the team that makes this content. I love the team who makes these cinematic trailers. I love the team who helps put together these large E3 releases and stuff like that. I love it. I absolutely love them. They do an outstanding job. The problem is the marketing team, the marketing team that actually then takes that stuff and markets it out. They're not that great. And the team who creates these videos, though they make great videos, they're not doing a good job at showing new players, right? Existing players know. But when you're trying to recruit new players, and that's what E3 and Gamescom and things like that is for, you're recruiting new players. Yes, you want your, your existing players to be excited, but you're trying to recruit new players because at those events, when they're being streamed everywhere and when people are sitting there in their seats, you have all of their eyes. That is your opportunity to recruit new players. And the videos just are not highlighting the important things to recruit new players. 
They literally could have, on the Pirate's Life one, they literally could have had a black screen and then it fades to waves. The Flying Dutchman comes out of the waves, is pursuing the the Black Pearl, and it fades to black. Jack Sparrow's character walks in and does a little, like, thing. And then kind of leans over, and it just says, Sea of Thieves, a pirate's life. With the Disney logo and the Pirates of the Caribbean. And that would have recruited people. But Captaincy, one of their other big updates here, one of their other big presentations, what does that tell new players? Absolutely dick. Nothing. Complete fan service. And in my mind, that was a failure of both the marketing team and the team that puts that video together. Yes, they wanted to highlight Captaincy, but that is the time to show people that you have a story. And show people the game is more than, and I quote, pirate Minecraft. So let me know what you think about that. Tweet me, DM me, you know the the ways, email me. What do you think about that? Brand new players, never touched Sea of Thieves before, wanted to get into it. And said, I don't want to play pirate Minecraft. Because they thought that was what Sea of Thieves was about because they they didn't see anything that showed off. And again, remember, these are players who are not following Sea of Thieves on all the socials. So take that out. Where they get their content is either the main pages of, of Steam or Xbox or from major events like E3. Okay? All right. Let's look at the news real quick. So there is, uh, there, there are drops. Uh, I think they're ending very soon, probably by the time this video comes out because of the, let's see here, the, um, because of the birthday uh, celebration weekend, this episode's getting out a little uh, late. Um, so there are drops going on right now. Um, it is uh, ship pieces uh, to the uh, what is it, Eastern Winds, I think. It's the orange and black with blue highlights. Um uh, dragon set. So uh, those are going on right now. I got mine. Um, so I hope you guys can check that out and make sure you link your Twitch account um, to your Sea of Thieves account, the appropriate Sea of Thieves account, um, and get your drops one hour per drop, four drops, four hours total, uh, making sure that you are claiming the drop in Twitch after each hour. Um, and by the way, uh, this is a thank you to Captain Logan. Um, I'm sure this isn't something that Twitch wants you to know that exists, um, but it exists. Uh, if you go, uh, if you have Google Chrome, you need Google Chrome, you might be able to do it on Firefox. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, but let me see if I'm smart enough to find this. There is a uh, extension. Um, there's an extension that you can download um, for Twitch uh, in uh, uh Chrome and it's called automatic Twitch drops moments and points. Um, so this is, uh, you can just, you can just, uh, uh, search for it, um, in your Twitch extensions and the cool part or, or not Twitch extensions, sorry. Um, in your, um, in your Chrome extensions and it will, it will actually, you run it in the background and it, it, it 
claims your drops for you. Um, so I can look here um, and see the because of this extension, it's claimed 41 drops for me. And I've not had to put the claim button, right? So as long as everything's linked and you're watching the channel, it's going to claim it for you. Uh, and if you're a person that likes to collect uh, channel points, it claims the channel points as well. So you can literally sit down and lurk in streams while you're doing other things. And this Chrome extension is going to automatically claim that st st stuff for you. Um, so I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Twitch doesn't like me to talk about that. And they'll probably figure out a way to uh, to, to flip that off. But especially especially uh, things like, you know, I watch Smite uh, to get those drops. Um, and that's like several hours between um, drops. Like you think one hour for Sea of Thieves is rough. Smite has like each week uh, like 10 drops and each of them are four hours of watching a piece. So if you think one hour per drop for four drops is rough, try like six or seven plus drops that are four hours a piece. Yeah. So this is really cool. So Chrome extension, automatic trip, uh, automatic Twitch. Uh, it's a drops um, and 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 uh, collection uh, extension for Chrome. So check that out. You'll you'll be very happy uh, to get that. Uh, that way you can just lurk and walk away uh, if you have other things to do. Uh, some sad news, unfortunately. Um, the Obsidian six pack and capstans are gone officially. I believe on um, uh, January 30th or February 1st, um, it might be February 1st, but uh, when the partner reset um, for their giveaways start uh, for February 2023, um, the Obsidian six pack and the Obsidian capstan will no longer be part of the package um, that the streamers, the partnered streamers get to do giveaways with. They will now have um, serpent sales. Um, and I believe the other thing is they still have the creator crew packs. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, but the obsidian six pack has been around for a long time. Same with the capstan. I know there's a lot of players who are still trying to get it. Uh, me for, in fact, I'm missing two pieces to complete the entire obsidian set. And that is the capstan and the banjo. Um, so now it's even less likely that I'm going to get a capstan and the banjo is probably never coming back. Um, but rip the obsidian six pack and the capstan. Sea of Thieves did say that there is going to be ways for you to earn those later. Don't know what that means. It's probably going to be some sort of giveaway on their particular channel or something like uh, the Sea of Thieves shot contest or whatever that I never win. Um, but the capstan and the six pack gone from partnered streamers now um, replaced with the uh, creator crew pack and the serpent sales, which look really cool and have been around in Sea of Thieves merch slash lore uh, from basically the very beginning. Um, so really cool to see those sales come to Sea of Thieves. Um, really cool. Um, for those of you who are wondering, Season 8, as long as Season 9 doesn't get delayed, Season 8 has six weeks left. So that is roughly a month, month and a half. We're looking at somewhere near the mid to end of March is when we're looking for Season 9. I have a feeling that there might be a little push on that. Um, I am not 100% sure when it is, but I'm going to take a little peek leak here, uh, and see, uh, 2023. 
Maybe season nine won't get pushed. Uh, I just wanted to look up E3. Uh, there is an Xbox showcase, I believe, coming up very soon. Um, but what I'm going to guess they're going to do is make sure that uh, they're going to have a big announcement for, for something this year. Um, and I'm not sure when that's going to be. If it's going to be for season nine, um, obviously they're going to want to push season eight a little bit. Um, and, and when season nine is able to have one of those big features where they can say, Hey, available next Thursday, they're going to want to be able to do that, to get that hype up at one of those events. So, um, right now, based on in-game timers, looks like we're looking at mid to end March, six weeks away for the end of season eight. Um, yeah, so that will be gone. All right. If you have not done the adventure Secret Wilds, this would be the time for you to tune out and put this on pause, put it away, come back to it once you've completed the adventure. Because I'm going to do my adventure rating, we're going to go through the adventure bit by bit, I'm going to tell you what I thought of it, um, and give it its, its normal rating. So, if you, again, I'm saying this again, repeating it. So if you're if you're mad about spoilers, I get messages of people, you spoiled it. Well, guess what? Here's your spoiler warning. I am about to break down Secret Wilds. So if you haven't played it yet, this would be your time to to turn this off and come back to it later. You were warned. The newest adventure for Sea of Thieves, Secret Wilds, is the second installment of our most recent three-part arc of Briggsy returning. To walk you through memory lane, what we've done so far in the Rogue Legacy, which for those of you who don't remember, um, based on our scoring rubric, which you all agreed was good, uh, Rogue Legacy received a 12 out of 25 points or a 48% F of an adventure. It is the worst adventure rated at this time. Um, but it did have some good lore drops, but that's about all that it had. Um, some really good Dark Brethren lore drops. We got a little bit of insight from Wanda. Um, we got a little bit of insight from Duke. Uh, and we just learned a little bit more about the internal workings of the Dark Brethren you know, kind of a little backstory as far as what they're doing, what they're trying to do. Um, they're trying to figure out what this secret power that Briggsy was chasing, um, not the shores of gold, but the secret power that Briggsy was chasing, which cured the skeleton curse. That um, is what they're after. But what we learn is there's a little bit of dissension and the Dark Brethren. Uh, Duke's not 100% sure about the Warsmith. There's a little, there's a little eh, uneasiness between the Warsmith and Amaranta. It seems like uh, the Warsmith Wanda is a little bit unhinged, to be honest, uh, right now. A little bit obsessed. Uh, maybe needs to take a little bit of a chill pill. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, that's what we learned from Rogue Legacy, which was the last um, adventure. Now we're on uh, to Secret Wilds to expand on what this is. I will get to the the, the last part of this um, rating is is going to be rough, and I'll 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 tell you why at that point. But I'm not. I, I had a hard time with this adventure, um, not because of the story or or the adventure itself, but 
but some of the technical aspects um, on it. So we'll we'll get to that. But the first part is driving story. I gave this a four out of five. I gave this a four out of five. I was very disappointed, and the reason I automatically took one point away was the idea of of the 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 cinematic trailer or the hype video to get you hyped up and and tease this adventure coming out on a Tuesday. Adventure comes out on a Thursday. Moving that off of that date and going to a Thursday was a massive mistake. I just talked about Sea of Thieves marketing team and video production team who make these. Um, struggling to to highlight and get new players into the game based on the story part, just just struggling on that aspect throughout the entire career of Sea of Thieves. This move to basically not have a teaser video, but to have it on the same day's release, I didn't even get to see it until after I played this. Why? Because I forgot about it. I forgot about it. I wanted to log in. I wanted to play this thing. The, t- the, the teaser trailer thing got me hyped up to play Sea of Thieves on Thursday. Without that, I forgot about it. I'm not going to lie. Completely forgot about it. So I automatically took a point off for that because that's just unacceptable. Move it back to Mondays. I, I heard rumors coming down the grapevine from a couple different people that maybe there's some internal discussion that those teasers aren't doing what they will. Look, the teaser is fine. The cinematic teaser is fine. You don't need the second one on the day of release, okay? Give us a cinematic teaser video earlier in the week with the launch on Thursday to get us hyped up and ready to play. Don't do a second video on the day of release. Don't worry about it. Do one. Don't split your pieces. Don't don't split your pie in so many pieces. Make one really good cinematic video a day or two days before the adventure launches and leave it at that. But moving it to one video on the same day as launch, just unacceptable. Not good. Not good. I completely forgot about it. There was no hype. There was no excitement. It was it was bad. So this had a very good driving story. Um, what I really liked most about this was it connected bits from the original Nine Tall Tales um, to where we are today in this um, this hunt for Briggsy's secret power. We find out that it is an ancient temple um, is what we find out. So it connected many of the stories which Briggsy took part in if you completed and played all the bits of this adventure, got all your deeds done. It connected George and Rose from Wild Rose. It connected Suds from Stars of a Thief. Um, and it connected the Shroud Breaker from the original, um, the original first tall tale into this. It connected it all. And what was really fascinating here is you learned you learned that Briggsy, you're starting to understand more about Briggsy. When you p- first play the original Nine Tall Tales, Briggsy was a bad guy. The skeleton Briggsy was a bad guy that you're trying to vanquish in order to figure out how to get to the shores of gold. And in typical Sea of Thieves fashion, things are not put into the game that don't have meaning. And one of the lines that has been called out is, I didn't ask to be cursed, right? Now, let's not 
Let's not mistake anything. Briggsy was a bloodthirsty pirate. But what we're finding out here is that Briggsy loved people, cared about people, was good friends with people, and had kind of a good guy life outside of just being a pirate. She was really good friends with that crazy man, Suds. They loved to look at the stars together. Which drives us a lot in this adventure, um, utilizing the star charts, the secret star charts, if you will, that Briggsy was figuring out. We learn about her respect and love for Rose and and her pro or, and her her thoughts of promise that Rose will become a great pirate and was so excited to know that Rose and George finally got back together and are happy. Obviously, we know her her caring for the little girl that was in the ancient spire bar, Tasha. We know how much she cared about her, but we also learn that because of Briggsy's quests, she kind of dropped the ball as far as being there for Tasha. And now... Because she understands that she failed Tasha at those points, it's now time for her to make it right. And now that Tasha is becoming a skeleton, Tasha didn't want to become a skeleton. Briggsy didn't want to become a skeleton. Now it's personal. And now that heroine side of Briggsy is taking over with the bloodthirsty pirate still inside. We get some really great interactions between Briggsy and the Dark Brethren. Near the end of the adventure, you've got Briggsy confronting Wanda, the warsmith, from the Sea of the Damned. She comes through um, from the Sea of the Damned. You see Amaranta holding the, the Gold Hoarder, pop, uh, the gold hoarder uh, Popsicle. And Wanda comes through and basically admits, I cursed Tasha. Because I can't figure out where this power is. I don't know anything about this power. What I have surmised and figured out from your old stuff. What I figured out, I still haven't been able to find it. I need you. I need Briggsy to take me and get me my power. And in return, I'll cure Tasha. And it was a good interaction there. And obviously, you also get the play between Briggsy and Wanda, who clearly knew each other at some point. So you get a lot of this interconnectedness. You also learn that Briggsy, just like the Pirate Lord, uh, came through the Shroud into the Sea of, uh, of Thieves, and Thieves Haven was the first place she stopped and commandeered a sloop. It was really nice to, to kind of walk through the history of Briggsy in this. It was nice to get that. This was a lore hound's wet dream when it comes to the game. So it gets a four out of five. Had they had a good cinematic hype trailer a day or two before that really got me excited about this, this would have been a solid five out of five perfect score. But because they changed that, I completely forgot about the trailer, just dove into the game, played through the thing, had a great time with the particular lore stuff, and there we go. 
We did learn, though, that this temple with the cure is in the Sea of the Damned. So most likely in this final installment, we will be returning to the Sea of the Damned in order to do something where it, it appears we might have to beat back uh, the Dark Brethren. Or maybe Briggsy will take care of it. I don't know. But somehow we've got to hopefully save Tasha. Or maybe we have to stop Wanda, which unfortunately dooms Tasha. Could be an interesting play there that they could make there in the story. Don't make something predictable where we just go in, save the day, and and cure Tasha. Maybe make it that if Wanda wins, Tasha gets cured, but Wanda now has power. But if we stop Wanda from getting power, Tasha unfortunately stays cursed. Really cool, interesting narrative that they could play off of here. Not sure what they're going to do. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the the boring road here um, as they did with the um, the Pendragon Flameheart decision that was not gut-wrenching at all. It was boring and lame. Uh, I could definitely see them going the boring lame route yet again, but I would really like them to get in there and really tug at our heartstrings and our emotions a little bit and actually do something with what one of these choices it could be a choice you know let wanda win cure tasha you know give her that power which who knows what she could do with it or stop wanda which unfortunately dooms tasha it could be a really good choice do you want to doom tasha but stop wanda from getting power or do you want to give wanda power and save tasha that plays on people's heartstrings a little bit more Uh, our next category that we have to rate is combat. Um, since, unfortunately, um, I decided that this scale is from 1 to 5, I can't give this a 0 or a negative 10, um, but I have to give it a 1 because that's the lowest because, quite frankly, there is no combat. At least in the last adventure, you had to kill a slightly powerful uh, skeleton, like four shots with a sword instead of three, um, of Briggsy. This one, nothing. No fighting. No fighting. So, um, one. If I could give it a negative 10, I would give it a negative 10, but we can't. If I could give it a zero, I would give it a zero. But, again, I said that the scale's from one to five, so each one they're guaranteed at least one point. Uh, the reward. I gave it a four. Um, and let me tell you why. I think getting the Briggsy mask as a reward, by the way, the title is a sick title, like, I told you that I wasn't going to care about the the title unless it was really good. So I'm going to give them a bonus point for the title. Um, instead of a three, I'm going to give them a four on this because the title is really damn good. Um, having the Briggsy mask is really incredible. Now, you're probably all asking, well, why didn't you give it your talking, talking it up so much? Why didn't you give it a four and then the title pushes it to five? Let me tell you why. Because they did players a disservice. Players for the longest time have wanted the Briggsy mask to match the Briggsy taco hat that you get in the, the Tall Tales. This was a prime opportunity for Sea of Thieves to give players what they wanted, which was to be able to wear the Briggsy mask and the taco hat. You make it a face paint. You make it a... Um, uh, don't make it a hat because uh, you need to be the taco hat. You make it a curse. I don't care. Um, but you put the Briggsy mask on the ability for the players to wear. Yes, having the Briggsy mask as a memento on your ship, super cool. But players wanted to be able to wear the Briggsy mask. You only get to wear part of the mask during this adventure. You don't get to wear the whole thing. 
it would have been nice for Sea of Thieves to let us have the Briggsy Mass to Mass the Taco Hat. So, I gave it a three. So, it would have got a bonus point. Uh, it would have got, you know, perfect five. Freaking 10 out of 10 if they would have let us have the the, the Briggsy Mass to wear. Because that's what we want. Uh, but they didn't. So, they got a three. A bonus point for the title. Gives them a four out of five for the reward. Um, it does look really cool. I, ha- I have it on my ship. It, it, it does look pretty sick. Uh, but they should have made it a wearable cosmetic. Um, because that's what the players want. Sorry. I, I'm sorry, Sea of Thieves. You have enough junk in your game that's broken and pissing players off and making them leave. Whenever you have the opportunity for a little bit of fan service, like giving us the Briggsy math, you need to jump on that. Because myself, someone who used to play 20 to 30 hours of Sea of Thieves a week is now down to probably three to four. And even that to me, like I could have easily played Sea of Thieves during my birthday weekend of those 26 hours of playing. I played Destiny 2 the entire time. Why? Because when I shoot a gun in Destiny 2, it does damage. Guaranteed does damage to a player or to a mob. Sea of Thieves, you don't have that. You don't have that. I am not guaranteed that my weapon is going to connect. Also, the amount of cheating, exploiting, and absolute disgusting garbage that I'm seeing all over Twitter right now makes me want to play sea of thieves the 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 least it is i love this game but right now on a list of things i want to do with my free time sea of thieves is not even on the top 10 i would rather vacuum my house and wash my walls down with soapy bleach water that stinks and burns my hands than play sea of thieves right now because of the ungodly awful state that this game is in period the only time I played Sea of Thieves last week was the ridiculous amount of time it took me to lose the adventure, which we'll talk about that in a minute in the time length section. It's it's absurd. It's absurd. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of want on the side of Rare to fix it. Rare should be at, at the most. Rare should be wanting to patch this game every other day. In order to get this damn thing fixed, in order to get combat working, in order to get some, get a freaking anti-cheat in there. Get an anti-cheat in your game because I'm tired of people who can just get on your boat, flip your boat. I'm tired of people to, who could be invulnerable. I'm tired of food rag. I'm tired of bucket rag. I'm tired of hit rag. Fix your shit. Sorry, we got off topic a bit. We just, we, look, it happens, okay? Whew. Technical implementation. Now, this is where I start to hit them hard. Normally, I hit them hard because of bugs and exploits. Nope, I'm not going to hit them hard because of bugs and exploits. I'm going to hit them hard because of accessibility. I have I have praised Rare, and they have gotten definitely deserving awards in the gaming industry for their work on accessibility. But there's a few things in the accessibility world that they could be taking action on and are not doing so. And these are simple things. There are no bugs from what I could tell in this adventure. I had no issues uh, playing this adventure. However, I have talked since my very first week, my very first purchase in the pirate emporium. When I started as a baby pirate, as a baby, Ivar blood, All those years ago, my very first purchase in the Pirate Emporium was the Reaper's Heart Set. And I immediately wanted to refund the sniper rifle. 
and the uh, spyglass because it has a red tint to it. And that gives me nearly an instantaneous headache. Red tint gives me a nearly instantaneous headache. And now I know you're probably laughing because if you're watching the YouTube video or watch my stream, I do often have red lights in the room on the back. However, however, it's not brightly shining in my eyes. I had the same issue with Destiny. There is a particular dungeon in Destiny that has a very bright red slash pink hue over everything. It hurts my eyes. Doesn't matter if you have a colorblind mode on. It still is red. It's still killing you. It just hurts my eyes. So, in this adventure, the entire time you're playing it, You've got the part of Briggsy's mask with the red crystal, and you have to look through the crystal, turning your entire screen red in order to see the constellations. When I say that I had the worst migraine of my life by the end of this particular adventure would be an understatement. I almost could not finish this adventure. I like I just powered through it because I knew I knew I was not going to come back and finish it with the miserable feeling that it put my head in. I knew I just had to power through it and then go lay down. That is unacceptable. A video game should not try to make you sick. Now, on Rare's side, they were probably thinking, oh, this is a cool effect. This is blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. But when I have, I've talked about this multiple times on stream. I've talked about it on the show. I've talked about it in Twitter. There is no reason that Rare should not have an accessibility option that turn, that, that, that allows you to turn tinting off. Now, it's not going to change the game. Like, I'm not telling you to turn red off. I'm not telling you to turn green off. I'm telling you when you have to look through something that's tinted where your entire screen is just that color, turn that off. Turn it off. Yellow for the, the there's a couple um, um, uh, snipers that have, have yellow. I think there's one that has green or blue. The red one is the most offensive. But I had a headache through the entire thing, and it got to a point where I was absolutely miserable by the end. And I knew if I didn't do it right then, if I didn't suffer through the pain and finish the adventure, it wouldn't have gotten done, and I would have been pissed off. And I would have been more pissed off than I already was because the game gave me a migraine because of the shitty accessibility feature features um, that that of, of, of the game, which they have not implemented yet. They have grand, amazing accessibility features, and they can't put in something to turn tinting off of their stupid systems. Next, on top of the migraine, I found this out. In order to trigger the third clue of the freaking islands, you have to get to a certain spot, makes the auditory noise that you're looking for, and look up in the sky, and then all of a sudden, the damn night sky is spinning. I almost threw up 
because that caused severe motion sickness between the migraine because of the red and then the red causing the pain uh, when you look up and everything's spinning. I, I no joke, I have, I have a trash can in my room. I had to, as soon as I pulled that up, I went for the trash can. I thought I was going to puke. I thought I was going to puke. It was miserable. I didn't get to enjoy. I didn't get to enjoy um, the full talks with Briggsy because my head hurt so bad and the world was spinning because of their spinning stars and what it did with motion sickness um, that I, I, I couldn't sit there and enjoy um, looking at Briggsy. And lo- watching her talk and watching the, the facial expressions and stuff. I couldn't enjoy it. Because it made me physically ill. And by the end, like by the end when I was going to all the different um, islands and, um, and, and finding her on Thieves Haven and getting all the backstory, the stuff that I really enjoyed, all that I could do was as soon as like it was hurting. To, and then when I found her, I, I just walked up and just listened. I couldn't, I couldn't watch. I don't know if she had any cool motions or any facial expenditures or anything like that because the game literally made me ill. Absolutely miserable experience. So on technical implementation, I gave it a one because this literally made me physically ill. I had to remove myself from my studio, from my computer. I had to go to a dark room. I had to take some leave, lay down, cover my head up in complete darkness and put like an ice cold compress on my head in order to finally, I didn't feel, I didn't feel good for about three hours and then I felt okay to get up. Unacceptable. Sea of Thieves. You have to think about this kind of stuff when you release it. I understand that it's, it's, it was probably cool. It was, it was probably neat when you tested it out, but that kind of motion and that color tinting is absolutely offensive and painful and makes people sick. Horrible. One for technical implementation. Time length. I rolled around on this one. I gave them the benefit of the doubt um, on this one. I gave them a two out of five on time length. Um, it took me 2.5 hours and that was completely focused. Everything going 2.5 hours to 100% it. That is way too long. Um, I know they keep saying they're not doing tall tales. They're doing these, these short little adventures. I'm sorry, but there are tall tales that take less time than this adventure. There are tall tales that take less time than the last adventure. I, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but these are now becoming longer than your tall tales. So, I, I don't know why you're not calling them tall tales, probably because they're they're time limited, blah, 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 blah. But these are longer than some of your tall tales. That's that's where we're getting to at this point. Um, I think it's too long, um, too much sailing, not enough action um, and there's no checkpoints. So if you wanted to um, if you wanted to to, to to move this story forward, you know, you, you're going to have to go back in and start it from fresh again in order to move it forward. Right. 
at least tall tales have checkpoints. Sure, some of the deeds you could go back and do one now and one now and one now and one now. But in order to get the uh, cursed cannonball and Briggsy's notes, you've got to um, you've got to play it through all the way. And that was the majority of that two and a half hours. Uh, so I leaned on the one, to, but then I looked back on my notes and it looks like they've been kind of going long with some of these. Um, it, it's kind of driving to that too. I mean, look, we're talking about two and a half hours, right? We're talking two and a half hours. Uh, the new avatar movie is, I believe three hours long. You're literally talking, you're literally talking to play through this adventure is the time it takes to watch a very long Hollywood film or, or a, a, a normal sized Hollywood film at this point. I just think it's too long, especially for a casual person, an everyday player, someone who's, who's, who's playing once a week, uh, twice a week. It's not their primary game. They just log in to see the story, whatever the casual player who has work and family and all that stuff. These are too long and there's not enough action to keep people excited about it. There was a period of time when I thought they had the uh, formula for these adventures figured out. I thought they were moving in the right direction. And now the series that I was most excited about with Briggsy, a character that I wanted to know more about, I'm getting to learn more about. But the disservice, this arc is probably going to go down the lowest score and the worst adventure arc possible but the lore is fantastic. They're, the, here's the thing. They nail one thing and they miss the rest. They will get one thing, the lore, and they've missed everything else. They missed the boat on everything else. Or, take take a step back to a couple of adventures ago, they'll nail the combat and they will fail everything else. It's like, come on, make me a complete picture. Don't just give me the outline and not color it in. Don't give me splashes of really nice color and not give me an outline to show what it is. Give me a whole a whole thing. Don't make it two and a half hours long if you cannot give me a complete thing that has more than just sailing around and lore. Don't give me, you know, an hour of, of, of pure combat hell and no story. Give me something that gives me a good lore chunk and good combat with a driving story. Complete it. Even if it's 30 minutes long and it doesn't take that long, I don't care. I will be more satisfied with a good 30 minutes of gaming, which gives me a good driving story for 30 minutes. It gives me good, interesting combat for 30 minutes. And it gives me a good lore drop in the story. And it's only 30 minutes long. Sign me up or an hour long. Sign me up. As long as you have all the pieces and they're solid and connected and, and, and play with where the narrative is right now. Don't give me two and a half hours of sailing around and lore with no driving combat, nothing, but sailing around in a headache and motion sickness. Don't do it. Stop it. Cut the time down and put more effort and more energy in giving me something that is a completed product that has combat, it has lore, and has a driving story that connects both. Give me a completed product. 
Stop giving me bits and pieces where one thing is perfected and everything else is garbage. This is getting ridiculous. I don't know at this point what is more sad and disappointing to me. The fact that we are month after month, year after year, still having broken critical systems in Sea of Thieves or that the one thing that they had going for them, the story part, is now coming apart because they are trying to put too much story in and not enough driving with combat and excitement. I don't know which is worse. They are so close to a winning recipe. They are so close to an award-winning cake. But someone keeps punching it. They've got this beautiful cake sitting on the table. And they're sitting here like, they're looking at it and they're like, this is the most gorgeous cake ever. The judges are sitting on the table saying, oh, that is a beautiful cake. If they just execute the icing... If they just execute the icing, this cake is going to be the greatest cake that has ever been made. And then all of a sudden, someone just is like looking at it and takes a baseball bat to it. Pow! And be like, yeah, that looks good. That's what they keep doing. They build this amazing thing and then they just take a baseball bat to it and not complete it. It hurts me. It hurts me so much. So the final score, since that one took me a little bit to run through, we gave them a four on driving story. Great lore. One on combat, because quite frankly, there was none. We gave them a four on the reward because we were disappointed that it wasn't a wearable mask, but the title was pretty good. We give them a one on technical implementation. Why? Because it made me physically ill. I had to take medication and lay down in a dark room for three hours after I played it because I was physically ill and didn't want to vomit and my head was pounding. Time length. I gave them a two out of five. Why? Because two and a half hours of nothing but sailing and listening to someone talk is absolutely boring as shit. So you got a two. Final score for um, for this one. 12 out of 25. 48%. Failure. And if I want to take you back for a moment, where we started talking about this was the Rogue Legacy. 12 out of 25. 48%. Failure. Well... Sea of Thieves, at least you're staying consistent. I mean, most people who are in grade, most people who are in the basic of grade school understand that if you get an F on one exam, you should probably try to improve that score next time. But hey, at least you're being consistent. 12 out of 25 last week or last adventure, 12 out of 25 this adventure, maybe 12 out of 25 next adventure. Let's just screw Briggsy over in every way, shape, or form and make sure that she goes down as having the worst adventure arc in Sea of Thieves history. Seems good. Seems good. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Tell me what you thought 
about the Rogue Legacy and also what you think about Sea of Thieves and um, their ability to tell new players who've never played the game that there is story without referencing their social media accounts, only looking at major events. Take care of yourselves, everyone, and each other, and I will see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.